And the church said? Amen. Amen and amen on that one. Wow, that's great. We could probably sing that for about 10 minutes straight, I think. It's just really, really good. So glad to have you with us today. Hang on to your hat. Things are going to get really exciting around this place. I'm just telling you, just wait for the things that are just, that's just around the corner. I mean, it's just going to be really, really exciting. And someone's saying, who, who, I, I, love, I just love that, but some are saying, what's that mean? Is something happening? I mean, is Harley leaving? Yes. <laughs> no, I'm not. Nah. <laughs> Yes, as long as Donna stays, I'm going to stay here. So if you give me a pink slip, elders, you're going to have to give it to Donna. All right, but there are exciting things right around the corner because we believe. Because we believe. Amen? Amen. Amen. Exciting things, no doubt. So hang on to your hat. It's going to be great, I promise you. All right, there's these two gas company employees. This thing's a little shaky today, isn't it? What's the deal here, man? I don't know. This thing may fall apart on me. You think? Time out, pit crew. All right. Thank you so much. That's better. Um, there's two gas employees. They're checking gas meters through the neighborhood. And so they work together doing that, going down the street. So they parked a truck, and they walk down the street. They check all the gas meters, and then they walk back, of course. Well, they're both bragging about how fast they were in high school. And one says to the other, I bet I can outrun you. The other one says, there's no way. He said, I'll tell you what. When we get down at the end of the street, we'll just race each other back to the truck. How's that sound? He said, that's good. So they go down through there, and they're checking all the gas meters. They're getting it all done. No problem, no problem. It's all looking good. They get down to the end, and they just take off running as fast as they can back to the truck. When they get to the truck... They're just out of breath, of course, and they turn around. There's half a dozen people standing there out of breath as well. And so this gas employee asks them, he says, what in the world are you guys doing? He said, well, the truth is, when we see gas employees running away from houses, we think the safest thing to do is run too. <laughs> running. How you do with your running? I can guarantee you're running for something. You're running to something. Or you're running away from something. Because in our lives, when I ask people, and I'm sure that you will ask your family or just ask anyone in your household, you're just busy. You're running. You're running. It seems like we meet ourselves coming and going. You know, about 40 years ago, they said that our work hours by the, the year 2000, the work hours would be about 30 hours a week. Anybody? Besides maybe Larry Copeland, but I don't know what's that. But nonetheless, we keep running faster and faster, even though we have all the technology that we have, and perhaps the technology itself causes us to even run faster because we want it faster. We, 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 want, we want what we don't have, and so somebody's bound to have it, so we push a button, and we can't get it fast enough. We run fast. We'll talk a little bit about that today, but I want to give you four verses we're going to look at kind of to lead us into our study today together, if you will. These are familiar stories, of course, and if you've not read them, you'll, you'll probably know them when I read them for you, if you're reading them there for yourself because you're in a hurry. But um, in, the, in that process, you, as you look at them, you'll probably remember them. If not, I would encourage you to go back and read the entire part of the story because you don't have time to go through all of them. 
But of course, here they are before us, Mark chapter 10, and Jesus started on his way. A man ran up to him and fell at his knees, and he said, Good teacher, tell me, what do I have to do to inherit eternal life? In Acts chapter 8, the Philip, he runs up and he ran to the chariot of the Ethiopian eunuch, as you know, and he heard him reading from Isaiah the prophet, and he said, Do you understand what you are reading? And Luke chapter 18, and Jesus approached Jericho there, and a blind man was sitting by the roadside, just begging. And in John chapter 4, a woman said to her, the woman at the well, you know the story quite well there, and in that he said, sir, give me that water so I don't have to come back here and continue to draw water. So I want to talk to you about three types of people today, three types Perhaps you'll find yourself in one of them. I would hope that you'll find yourself actually in all of them in some state, some way. Perhaps you're listening to this now somewhere else and, or you're scrolling through this at a later date and you just happen to push the button and you're saying, what are those three types of people? Three types of people I want to talk to you today are those that want to find out and those that want to receive and those that want to tell. We should want to find out, we should want to receive, and we should want to tell. The question is, do we? We have to uh, question our hearts as Christians. We're called to do that. Christ is the head of the church, and as He's the head of the church, we are to follow His direction, and, and we should be listening. We want to find out what He wants for my life. Well, I want to receive the goodness of God. Give me an amen. And I should truly want to tell others where they can find food as well. First, people that want to find out don't necessarily want to obey once they find out. Did you know that? Just because somebody wants to find out something doesn't mean that they want to obey it once they find out what it is. Is that true? Sure it is. This rich man in Mark that we read about there went away knowing what he needed to do. Did he not? Sure he did. But he refused. He refused because something stood in his way. In this story, we found out that it was money. Actually, if you look deeper into the story, it wasn't money. It was a heart. It was a heart issue that he had. Because see, the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament in the regards of Jesus' coming, he doesn't change the Ten Commandments. He strengthens them in that process, because in the Old Testament was about following the law. Check, 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 check. I'm in. Ah, we're all good, because we all look alike. Well, the problem with that is we discovered in class today, we don't all look alike, do we? If you did, you'd all look like me, handsome. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> don't say amen to that. All right. But in that process, the difference is that when Jesus came, Jesus went after your heart. Because he knew if he could win your heart, all the other things would follow. Because he truly would be the Lord of your life. This man went away because something stood in his way. His money. What stands in your way? I mean, just honestly think about this. If you are not a child of God, don't tune out yet. Please don't. Ask yourself this question. Why have you not accepted eternal life that Christ offers you? Why haven't you just accepted eternal life? In the end, you will desire eternal life with God. All people will. Not some, all will. 
Every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that He is Lord. But now is your opportunity to receive what He offers. But yet, something stands in the way. Listen very carefully. If Jesus is not your Savior, then something is standing in your way. What is it that stands in your way? Is it money like this man that we read about there in the story? Are you afraid that Christ is going to ask for all of your money? He can't have my money. It's my money, we say. Again, he's not after your money. He's after your heart. Ask yourself this simple question then. Whose money is it? Whose money is it? You might say, well, it's my money. I got the degree and I worked real hard for this and I did this and I put stock here and I did that and I did this and I maneuvered things around and and I was this and I was that and man, I've got a really nice bank account and I'm going to eat, drink and be merry in my retirement. Many people think like that. Commercials on TV tell you you can live just like that. And many people, that's their desire. But ask yourself, a hundred years from now, whose money will it be? If you really think about it, you have money in your pocket that belonged to someone else just a short time ago. And in a short time from now, it'll be in somebody else's pocket. What stands in your way of the offer that God has for your life? Maybe it is that you're feeling, you feel going, you're going to have to somehow give up some fun and games in life. And I hear that a lot. People fall in their 20s and 30s and they say, man, I got an S on my chest. I'm Superman. I can do all these things and have fun. It will drive me and it just is so good. I can go to the clubs and I can do all these things. I can be a part of this because I'm in my 20s and my 30s. Anybody in their 60s? 50s and 60s, do what you wanted to do in your 20s and your 30s, and you discovered in your 50s and your 60s, (laughs) payday came home. Anybody? Yeah. So that's just for the young group that thinks that they have an S on their chest, but that doesn't stand for Superman. It stands for stupid, but whatever. (laughs) Is it certain things that you crave? I should have said probably there. You just want to hang on to just a little bit longer. How about your pride? Perhaps it's your pride that's standing in your way. Are you ashamed to admit that you're a sinner, unwilling to ask for help? Well, let me ask you another question. If you were in the middle of the ocean, if you were in the middle of the ocean and you were just by yourself, no one else around, no ship around, no nothing around, just you bobbing up and down, would you refuse a life jacket? And if a, if, if a ship did come along and throw you a line, would you refuse that line, that help line? Would you refuse that? Would you simply look up to the ship and say, oh, no, thank you. I'm going to swim this way, 540 miles. No problem. Thank you very much. And the person looks over and says, oh, by the way, if you're going that way, it's 950 miles. What stands in your way? Let me give you an example on that one, just that particular one of the pride thing. Because it happens, happens in the lowest level and the highest level, but really the higher you get, you think you are there. You're doing it on your own. You really do. Here's the story of that. The story is of Paul, of course. His name was Saul before he became Paul. But Paul was a, his life was changed by the Lord on the road to Damascus. Paul 
uh, his name was Saul then, and before he had this encounter with God, he, his job, his position, his drive in life, the thing that got him up in the morning was to persecute people like you and me. And if he found you worshiping, he could have you drug out and put in prison, stoned, put to death. And yet he has this encounter so much so now he is now given his life, sold out to Christ. He is preaching Christ powerfully. Oh, the officials don't like it. Oh, these officials did not like it at all. These religious leaders of the time, oh, no, no, this can't be right, and they actually wanted to kill him, but they had him arrested. And you know the story. It's found in the book of Acts. There's a court trial. There's a trial that goes on. It's the longest trial, I think, recorded. may not be, but I think it is in the New Testament. Anyway, it's a long trial that takes place. It takes place in Acts chapter 24, 5, and 6, 24, 25, and 26. And in all of that... Um, they tell what's going on, and then Paul gets to plead his case before the king, King Agrippa. He pleads his case, and he tells him who he is and why he's not guilty and, and the love that God had for him and how God struck him and how God saved him and how God could save you, king. And then in Acts chapter 26, 27th verse, he looks at the king, and I can see him standing in there. And he's looking to the king, the one that can sentence him to death, and he simply says, King Agrippa, do you believe? Oh, just a minute, king. I know you believe. He knew that he believed. The king was hanging on every word. He must have been looking over and something. And You know, a person that stands before a group of people and talks about Jesus, when I look out in the audience, I see all kinds of people. I've always told you I wanted one of those cameras, so I put out here and put your picture on the screen, but I can look out and I can see those that are being touched. Oh, some people want to grab a phone or some people want to grab a book and kind of, oh, oh man, I got to get out of that zone because he's about to touch me where I'm at and I don't want that to happen to me. I better go to the bathroom. It's about bath break, in it? And so we do that in our lives. King Agrippa knew and King Agrippa's reply was the same that some of you have today. Paul? Almost, buddy. Almost. Almost, Harley. You almost persuaded me. You almost persuaded me to become a Christian. But not today. Then I only asked when. So you see, there are people in this world that want to find out, but after they find out, they don't want to do with what they need to do when they find out what to do. They just don't. Don't be one. Secondly, there are those that want to receive. The man in chapter 8 wanted to receive. This is a very short story, actually, if you look at it. It's very short. It's right to the point. And I love that about it. He's the Ethiopian eunuch. He has gone to a place to worship, and now he's headed back home, and he's reading, and he doesn't understand it. And so Philip comes up to him. And once Philip comes up to him and says, do you know what you're reading? He says, no. He said, well, let me show you. And he reads something, and, the, and they, just, they don't read just a little bit. And all of a sudden, this Ethiopian eunuch says, stop! Stop the chariot right here! Here's water! I want to get baptized right here. I don't want to wait till we get to town. I want to do it right here. Can I do it right here? Well, sure you can. Do you believe? I believe. In the water he went, out of the water he came, rejoicing on his way. 
in a story. Pretty cool story. Now, a lot of people will tell you coming to the Lord takes a long time. You got to go through a 10 week Bible study. You got to start in a book of Revelations or Revelate or let's say Revelations and work backwards. You got to start in Genesis and you got to go all the way to Revelations. You got to understand the Trinity. You got to understand all these other things. You got to get this right and that right and why we don't sing with music and we do this and we don't do that and why you have this and we can't have this and you can't have that and all these other things. Got to have all that first before you come to Jesus. Nowhere does that say that in a word. Give me five minutes with somebody that wants to hear. God's Word, open to the Spirit's movement in their life, and I can lead them to Christ. And I've done it on many, many occasions. Maybe you're that one today. Let me give it to you. Here's the deal. Short version, right to the point. God created man. God created you. Man fell from God. He sinned. And that separated them from God. Have you ever sinned? Well, um, you know, I'm better than most people. And I, no, have you ever sinned? Have you ever lied? Have you ever thought things, looked at things, lusted? Have you ever, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Then your sin separates you from God. But it doesn't separate you from God just here. It separates you from God from all of eternity. Eternity there is no end. And so your sin has to be paid for. So God loved you so much that he wanted to redeem you, buy you back. So what did he do? He sent his son, perfect lamb of God. He stretched his arms out and died on a cross. He bled out for you and me. And that blood cleanses you if you accept what he did on the cross for you. They buried Jesus in a borrowed tomb for three days. He was dead. But on the third day, he arose again. And now he's in heaven preparing a place for all those, including you, if you accept what I just told you. I can tell that simple story to some people and they say, man, I want in. I want in. And others will say, well, you know, I'm thinking maybe and maybe this and don't you know know this and, you know, why did God make giraffes? And, you know, well, what's going on? What happened to the dinosaurs? I, I, I don't know. But I can tell you about Jesus and what he did for you. Maybe you heard that simple description of what God's done for you. Do you want to receive that? Do you want to be like the Ethiopian eunuch? Whoa, stop right here. Here's water. Hey, right in here behind this, there's a big tub right in here. It's full of water. You want to receive water baptism today? We'll, we'll stop right here. I've done it before. We'll stop right here. Just walk an aisle. If you walk an aisle, we'll take time. We'll lead some songs. We'll rejoice with you as you go on your way. Amen? Don't ever hesitate. If God's pulling at your heart, let it pull. Let it be him, not me. People that know what they want, and when given the opportunity, they won't miss out. I'm not missing this deal. It's too good. In Luke chapter 18, we read of a blind man here. He was begging for food, sitting by the side of the road. You know the story. Every day as people went by, alms for the poor, or, you know, I'm blind, I can't see, give me some food, give me some money so I can buy some food. Every day, same routine, every day, every day, every day. And as they're coming along this time, Jesus is coming along. And as Jesus comes by, he says, what's going on here? And they say, oh, it's Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus, oh, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now, you would think his disciples would have just said, yeah, come on over here, I want to introduce you to Jesus. 
They already knew that Jesus was very compassionate. They already knew that Jesus could perform miracles. But for some reason, and I don't know all the who's they are down in Whoville, but somebody simply said, shh, be quiet. He's really on an important mission. This blind man's thinking to himself, important mission? Is there more important mission than me receiving my sight? I don't think so. So what does he do? He yells a little louder, and Jesus is bringing him to me. And then Jesus asked the question that he may be asking somebody here today. It's a very direct question. He says, what do you want from me? What do you want from me? Now, this man could have said, give me five dollars, I'm going down to McDonald's, have me a good meal, I'll be good with that, sir. No, 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 no. He knew he was the son of David. He had heard before who this man said that he was. He had never encountered, he had never looked at him. He said, I want my sight. And Jesus said, because of your faith, you've been healed. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus, praising God. When all the people saw this, they also praised God. You see, this man knew what he wanted and had the faith to back it up. Here's the question for you again. Does your faith back up what you say you want? You see, you can say, I have all the faith in the world, but if you don't release your faith, it's inactive. It does you no good. This is important for somebody to hear this this morning. You're standing on faith, but you're not releasing faith. You could say to yourself, I'm starting, let me give you an example. You could say, I'm starving to death, and you had $100 in your pocket. You could walk into the grocery store. If you don't release that $100 or some of it, you're going to leave the grocery store still hungry. You get my picture? Faith has to be released. Shh, quiet. I'm not being quiet. I'm getting what God said I could get. If this guy is who they say he is and he's done what he, they say he has done, then I'm not missing my chance. One iota, I'm in. You see, I am a firm believer. I have to be. And the reason why I'm a firm believer is because I know who he's working with. I know who he's worked with in my life. I know my weaknesses. And I will tell you, my weaknesses are much, much more than my strengths unless I come to the Lord. You see, in this, I am a firm believer that if you go before Jesus wanting to receive, listen, somebody needs to hear this. If you go before Jesus wanting to receive, I don't think he's going to let you down. You may not get what you want, you may get more than you expect. That blind man was not expecting sight that day. He was expecting, hopefully, another loaf of bread. But when he heard Jesus, he was desiring sight because he knew the one that could give sight was standing in front of him. And I want to declare here that I believe this man although he was blind, saw better than anyone else in that entire crowd that day. Did you catch that last part? I like this part. This is for our singing and why we uplift God as well and praise God. And this last verse here, and I highlighted it there a little different. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus praising God. Amen. Could have stopped there, but it didn't. It gives us one more sentence and it includes us, I think. It says, when all the people saw it, they also praised God. 
when God's people, I am a firm believer that when God's people praise God, others will want to praise God as well. Some people might call you nuts, but if you have an encounter with Jesus, you will not hesitate or be ashamed to praise God. Period. I believe that. In this process, when people come to this place, and they walk through our doors and visitings, and perhaps visiting, perhaps there's where you're at today. You're just a visitor. We're glad that you're here. And I pray more than anything when you leave this place is that you, you felt the spirit of God's movement, even in our welcoming and our time of communion together, and our singing and our praising to God. And that when you leave this place, you know what? They praised God this morning. And isn't that what we're to be about? Praising the Father that has saved us, has given us so much. When see, people see us praising God, I believe people will want to praise God even with us. There's something contagious. There's something contagious about good singing. Can I have an amen? amen. That's why we got the best in Oklahoma. That's right. You, you have no clue how long we prayed for you. And I mean that. And that's respect. That's not disrespect. That's a blessing. And we should praise God for all blessings. Why is it? Oh, let me back up. This man there that was blind, he ran to the Lord, at least in his heart. You see, you don't have to run down the aisle. If you want to, I don't have a problem with that. Somebody might freak out. But... He ran in his heart, and that's what God wants again. I see people run for everything. I see people run trying to catch up. Do you ever leave house late and try to catch up those four minutes, five minutes, eight minutes? Huh? Thinking that if I just floor it down Cash Road, weave even in and out, I'm bound to be able to get there, get my coffee, of course, and then get to work, and I'll still be ten minutes early, right? You're not Superman don't work that way people run for everything we see people running to work we see people running to get their heart rate up and their waistline down some of us need to run a little bit more but nonetheless running we're running to take our children everywhere if you have more than one child that small young could you raise your hand Are, is your life pretty busy uh, aren't you finding yourself running, 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 running? I mean, it's uh, nonstop. Running the ball game, run school, run the ball game, run them dance, run them this, run them that, run them here, run them that, run them that, run them to the bathroom, get his bath, run them to bed, run them to get up. It's, it's all over every day. To you, I thank you for running. Some of us need to slow down, though. We need to slow down just a little bit. But some of us need to run. Children can teach us something about running, can they not? They know how to run for the joy of it. They just run for the fun of it. I mean, they just run for Ask any elementary teacher in this room, when the bell rings for recess, do you have to coax your kids to go outside? No way. I'm jumping over the tables. It doesn't matter. I'm out of there. I'm climbing out a window. I want to just run and play. They do it for the fun of it. When's the last time you ran for the joy of hearing God's word, receiving God's blessing, 
telling someone else about God. That's what we're to be about, is it not? Last one right here, and we're finished. And finally, we need to be willing to run and tell. You remember the woman at the well. It's a much longer story. Jesus and his disciples come into a town. Before the town, there's a, there's a well there, of course. He sits down by it. They go in town to buy some food. A young lady comes from town by herself. It's a big story. By herself? Yeah. No one wanted to come with this lady because, see, she was the talk of the town. She's talk at your dinner table. Everybody knew who she was. Everybody knew she was married five times. And everybody knew the man that she was going to bed with at night wasn't her husband. And Jesus knew that too, sitting at the well. She comes to get her water. And in that whole process, Jesus tells her how to get living water. She came for the water to drink. He gave her living water, eternal water. And I just love what she did. And it really teaches us a story. It teaches us a story of forgiveness and compassion and love that Zach taught about in our class. No condemnation. A love. And when he does it that way, what happened? After she heard and had this encounter with Christ, she couldn't wait to tell others for the scripture there says the woman left the water jar. What she came for, she left. Why? To run back to town to tell everyone what Jesus' encounter was like for her. She didn't go back. It doesn't say she forced people. She didn't condemn people where they were at. Not to make light of Jesus didn't either. Not to argue. Nope, not at all. Not even to persuade. Because that wasn't her responsibility. Nor is it ours. Only the Holy Spirit can persuade, touch a heart that will truly surrender to God's call in their life. We need to be ready and willing to share. We're going to talk about that in two weeks. We'll give you just a little touch on that. The title of the message is M&M's. Two weeks, be here. Next week, be here too. I'm taking roll, like Alabama. All right, whatever. But then we need to leave it up to the Spirit because God is the one that touches. Then they will respond like the eunuch did. Here's water. They will respond like the blind man did. I want to see, and I'll praise. And as the woman at the well did, I got to tell. And then guess what? They can find out for themselves, and your friends, your families, they can find out for themselves through you and how you tell them that they too can hear the story, that they will want to receive, and they will want to go on their way telling others as well. Do you want to find Jesus today? That's a pretty simple question. Do you want to find Jesus today? Oh, I'd love to, Harley. Well, let me tell you, he hasn't moved at all. He's just one step away. In your heart, Max Lucado said it well, if there were a thousand steps between you and God, he's going to take 999. All he's asking you and me to do is to take one. That means I've turned, and I want to receive what you have for my life. Are you ready to receive? He's offering it. It's more than you can imagine. In fact, Scripture teaches. And then for the rest 
or for all of us, are you ready to tell someone? Are you ready to tell someone about what you've received? So now we have a song. We praise God in this song as well, but it's an invitation. It's a time of invitation. It, it allows us to just, just allow you to come forward if you want to, and we can have prayer over you and prayer with you. Maybe it's a hurt or a pain. Maybe it's you want to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. Maybe today you want to receive baptism. Maybe today you want to run to God and just say, God, my view has not been right, and I want to get right. We're not here to condemn. Jesus is the well. should be us in our community. We're not here to condemn. We're here to tell you that we found Jesus. He saved us, and he wants to save you. So, let's stand and sing, and you come.